More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, toxic people. Are you dealing with a toxic person in your life? Is it judgmental to think of someone as toxic? And how do you deal with those toxic people gracefully? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. It says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, toxic people. We're talking about those people who really bring out the worst in you. Mm. You know, uh, even when you're trying to be your best, especially when you're trying to be your best, those people who let you know that you can't do anything right, who make everything about them, who you struggle to relax or enjoy yourself around and always are on guard around them. Uh, People who habitually withhold praise or acceptance as a way of manipulating you into doing what they want. People who actively undermine or criticize your attempts to improve or make positive changes in your life. People who bring out the worst in you. Even Make when you you're feel trying to like be the your best. worst self. And you know, we want to talk about how to deal with those toxic people gracefully. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. I think some of us recognize these people fairly readily if we don't, especially, let me say especially, if we don't spend a lot of time with them. You know, if this is someone you see weekly, monthly, on holidays, it's easier to feel internally their effect on you. However, if this is someone you spend a lot of time with, especially 24 hours a day, a spouse, a parent, uh, even a child, especially an adult or teen child, it's sometimes harder for us to say, oh, wait a minute, there's something about the way they're behaving that really is toxic, damaging to me, because you're immersed in it all the time. And especially if that person is emotionally abusive or spiritually abusive in any way and we live with it all the time it can be very difficult to sort out the reality that God created us for from the stuff they're telling us that they are telling us we were created for it can be a difficult situation 877 573 
7825. Do you think that you might be dealing with a toxic person in your life? Um, somebody who makes you feel like you're not good enough or makes everything about them or any of those things I was just sharing. You know, as Christians, we know we're called to be loving and forgiving to everyone. But what does that mean when we're dealing with a toxic person? And the one thing I want to address right off the bat is, you know, is it even okay to say that somebody's toxic? You know, aren't, aren't we being judgmental by, by making, that, uh, making that statement? And here's what I would say to that. Um, when Jesus says, you know, judge not or you will be judged. What he's talking about, because it goes on to define it right after this, is when you condemn, you will be condemned. We're not talking about condemning people or writing people off. We're not talking about saying, oh, that, 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 that toxic person, they're beneath me. What we're saying is that it's important to be able to recognize, you know, through prudence, what relationships are healthy and which, which aren't, and to make proper steps to address those problems. You know, we are allowed to discern what situations are good for us to be in or what relationships are good for us to be around. And, and we say, when we say that somebody's toxic, we're not saying that even necessarily that they're a bad person. What we're saying is that they're a hurting person. Exactly. A, a person whose wounds are not reacting well with our wounds. No, <laughs> and, that, that's a good illustration. Of and that, we're yeah. also not saying they're not capable of repentance, right? We're not saying that, that if that person recognize the errors of their ways and, and said that they were sorry or, or, or made amends that we wouldn't give them the chance to do that. You know, so when, when, when Jesus says, do not judge lest you be judged, he's talking about condemning somebody and denying their ability to repent and well, so writing them off forever. Let's talk about our own repentance for a minute. Most of us, when we are truly repentant, a lot of us, you know, praise God, have the grace that you go to confession, you know, weekly, monthly, and, and you're trying to stay in that state of grace habitually. But most of us, when we experience a sense of deep and very genuine repentance, have been called to that repentance, either, you know, by that spiritual lightning bolt where you know, the Holy Trinity themselves just come, boom, you know, you're, you're, we're calling you back. But most of the time, it's through our relationships. It's through somebody saying, you hurt me. It's through somebody saying, you know, you're just not being a very good person right now. And so we need to know that as much as the people who may be toxic to us in our lives are hurting people, and we are too, one of our roles in life is to help others heal by honest communication, by lovingly calling them on, you know, admonishing the sinner. All of this is what we're actually called to do as Christians. So we're not talking about condemning people. We're not talking about saying they're less than. We're saying, how can you bring healing in a situation with someone that you are experiencing as toxic to yourself, to them, and possibly to the relationship? 877 573 do you think that you might be dealing with a toxic person in your life? And how do you know? Well, uh, the list I was sharing before, they let you know that you can't ever do anything right, either in the way that they speak to you or the way that the, you they act toward you. They tend to make everything about them. 
so that even when you're seeking support from them or trying to share a concern that you have, somehow they, they hijack that conversation. You can't relax or enjoy yourself around that person because you always have to be on guard and feel like you're walking on eggshells. They habitually withhold praise or acceptance as a way of manipulating you into doing what they want. Uh, they actively undermine or criticize your attempts to improve or make positive changes. And they consistently bring out the worst in you, even when you're trying to be your best. Right. And you might not, you know, at that last point, you might be perfectly fine when you're with them because you're holding it together. But then, right. but then you fall apart afterward and have to spend the rest of the day putting yourself back together. I and mean, that's one of the, the, the main signs that you're dealing with a toxic person or a toxic relationship. And of course, you know, we need to still be loving and we still need to be forgiving in those situations. But n knowing that a particular relationship is toxic or a particular person is toxic for us gives us a way to begin to respond to that relationship differently so that we can bring grace and healing to the situation. Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Do you think you might be dealing with a toxic person in your life or in a toxic relationship that does make it hard for you to be who you want to be around that person? 877 573 7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that looked at how prayerfully reflecting on God's design for creation gives us some really good ideas about what it means, about God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthy, holy relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that we're always called to work for the good of others. Working for others' good means protecting their life and health, affirming their dignity in Christ, and promoting their growth and well-being. The theology of the body also reminds us that the opposite of loving someone is either using them or treating them like a thing instead of a person. Truly toxic relationships are defined not by the presence of occasional slights or offenses, but by habitual use and depersonalization. Right. They treat you like a thing or a tool instead of a person. And then learning to deal with a toxic relationship gracefully means remembering that we have a God-given right to both be loved and a God-given right to defend ourselves when we feel that others are attempting to treat us as something less than a person, a child of God. You know, being generous to others doesn't extend to accepting their attempts to use us undermine our dignity, undermine our efforts to be the person we believe God is calling us to be. And in fact, our obligation to work for the good of another person requires us to set boundaries with people who habitually do the kinds of things that make our interactions with them toxic. I mean, think about it, right? If, if you were doing something that was driving people away from you, that was bringing out the worst in people, you'd want people to tell you so that you'd have the chance to fix it, right? Well, that's why that that's why it's the loving thing to do to gently charitably call the person out or set appropriate boundaries by setting those kinds of boundaries or in the worst cases even withdrawing from those toxic relationships we actually invite that toxic person to repent and become a healthier holier person and we grow 
in grace as well because we're able to identify what the issue is and invite the possibility of a better relationship with that person. But it all starts with recognizing what the problem is. So do you think that you might be dealing with a toxic person in your life? Somebody who consistently makes you feel like you're never good enough, who makes everything about them, who you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around, is manipulative or undermines your efforts to be a healthy, faithful person? Well, let's talk about what it means to be loving in those situations and how to respond to those relationships and people in graceful ways. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the the Father, Father, and the the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to your presence and we bring to you all those relationships and people in our life that we feel might be toxic. Those people who make it difficult for us to be the people that you are calling us to be in their presence. We ask you, Lord, for the wisdom to be able to respond to those people and situations in ways that are truly loving, that work for their good, our good, and the good of the relationship. Uh, Even when we need to set boundaries, even when we need to step back from that relationship, we ask you for the grace and the wisdom to respond to those toxic people and situations in ways that open the door for repentance, for healing, for transformation, and grace, so that in all situations we are working to build your kingdom. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name of the the Father, Father, and the the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. And I just want to put out a personal thank you to all of you who have been praying for me through this (laughs) week of acute bronchitis and those who sent so many sweet messages and even ideas of how to heal all this. So thank you very much. They've been seen and appreciated. And we are taking your calls right now about at 877-573-7825 about those toxic people or relationships that you might be finding yourself in. How do we respond gracefully? Give us a call, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Maria, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania. Hi, Maria. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Um, hi, Dr. Popchak. Blessed heaven. So uh, you're speaking about toxic friendships and uh, relationships. I have a daughter whom I adopted when she was eight and a half. She came from an extremely broken background and abuse and neglect and all that. We had a really uh, tough 10 years, and then she left our home. Now she lives by herself, and uh, we have a wonderful relationship now, very loving relationship. She's come to look uh, on me uh, with great bonding, and she says I'm one of her best uh, people in the world. So we've gotten to that point. Uh, So now she comes to, we let her now come to our holidays, Christmas, and Thanksgiving and all that, but she's very loose in her relationship with men. Um, they're usually from jail. They they do drugs, alcohol, the whole thing. They have very they're homeless. Those are the kind of men that she has, and she's been living with someone for three years, almost three years now. He's very peaceful with her, but he smokes weed, and he was in jail. She wants him to come for Christmas, and uh, she usually pushes for us to invite her men. You know, whoever she's with at the time. And even though she's been with this guy for a longer period of time, um, she's had so many over the years, and I've met them. They all leave in violent circumstances. Um, So I told her that, um, you know, I love her, and my responsibility is is towards her. She's my daughter, and I love her, and she comes. But that I have a personal problem with with drugs 
and, and addictions. Um, and it is mm-hmm. personal. It's triggered by a childhood trauma of a friend who was murdered because of that. And uh, so I can I use that. But she always pushes it every every time we have something. So at this point, I mean, I've always wanted to love unconditionally. But mm-hmm. um, I've, I've always drawn, I thought it was a boundary that I was setting because for me, truly, it is a trigger. I have a problem with people who do drugs and alcohol since I had a friend who died violently by it. And, and, and then personally, I, it's one thing for me to be um, loving, but I don't want to expose my whole family. Well, let me ask, so, so is the real, I mean, is, is, the, is the issue that if, if this, you know, this man came to your house for the holidays that it would be triggering for you, or are you using that as an excuse for saying no to her bringing the boyfriend over? Both. Because I'm, I'm, I don't know really know these guys i don't know if they're safe so if 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 he didn't if if he didn't use while he was at your home would would you be more receptive more open to the idea of him coming over for the house not not sleeping together obviously but but i mean like you know having dinner at at that house together well you know here's the thing she she lives in limited circumstances she's on social security she says we're rich Mm -hmm. because we have a normal home we have cars the whole thing and uh, she's always, always joking about that. Well, you're rich; you can afford that, right, mom? And I just know these guys are always looking for money. You know, I I don't trust him at all because I don't know him. His background is not a background of virtue or self-discipline, and I'm I am afraid for me and my family now. So how do I do this? Well, and I, I want to add to this. Or, uh, oh, sure. Yeah, you know, I understand. I want to add to this, though, Maria. Every single concern you've listed is a thousand percent valid. But what is also important here is that all of your daughter's wounds from her earliest years are coming right up against her dating life. And she just doesn't know what she's worth. And as mom, your job is to help her see what she's worth and to shine a light on the fact that she is worth being treated so much better than she's treating herself by dating these guys. And as a general rule, now I, I want to I be clear here. If, if, if there are genuine questions about safety, if you know that, there, that there's a real threat here, um, then, I, then, then absolutely. You, you, you say to your daughter, look, honey, I, I love you, but this person isn't a, and isn't a safe person. And you can, but, I need, but you need to be able to point to specific things that he's doing to say that, uh, ways that he's treating her or ways that he's treated you, not just kind of judge on a, on a general basis of that kind of person will do these kinds of things. Because that, that, that is condemning a person, and that is uh, denying their ability to repent and heal and grow. So, so, you know, again, if there are serious objective safety issues that you can point to, then by all means, you, you have the right on that grounds to say you can't come over. Um, but what I want to just say here is that, that this is one of those situations where, you know, to kind of paraphrase Sun Tzu, you, you want to keep your, uh, your friends closer and your daughter's boyfriend closer, <laughs> Uh, in, in the sense that you want to be able to influence the situation. You want to be an instrument of grace in her life. And if it is safe at all, and you can put parameters that they will live with. So, for example, you could say, you know, I, I have concerns, but if he would be willing to come to the house and not use anything while he was here, I could be okay with that. You know, or if, 
I, I, you can come to dinner, but you, you can't stay over. You know, you can't sleep together in my house. Or maybe uh, right. if it makes you feel more comfortable, hey, we really want to spend time with you. Why don't we get together at a restaurant and have a really great meal the day after Christmas you know, or two days before Christmas? Let's do something, you know, uh, like the rest of the year that, that lets mm-hmm. you have a chance to get to know this person in a safe circumstance let's go to, out to, to a restaurant together let's go out to do this thing together and it's you know you're 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 designing safe situations for you to be around each other to evaluate uh what this person is like and also to 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 not put up barriers that, that push your daughter into a position of saying well i gotta double down on this relationship to prove to mom that he's a good guy right so i really want you to pray about all of that okay i understand your concerns but i want you to really reflect on what we're saying here that God is calling you to be an instrument of grace and healing and transformation in your daughter's life, not to the point where you're putting yourself at risk objectively. But if this is just a feeling that's searching for an answer, then I'd really like you to take that to prayer and make sure that you're not denying the Holy Spirit opportunities to use you to bring about greater healing in your daughter's life. With that, we have to go to break. Thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We'll be back in a minute with more of your questions. And Damon Owens from Joyful Ever After. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today on More to Life, we're talking about toxic people and how to deal gracefully with toxic relationships. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Damon Owens. He and his wife, Melanie, are the founders of JoyfulEverAfter.org, a Theology of the Body-Based Marriage Ministry. Damon, welcome to More to Life. Thank you, Dr. Greg. Lisa, good to be with you guys. It's good. 
Well, it's good to have you. So let's talk a little bit about what the theology of the body can teach us about dealing with toxic people or toxic relationships. Yeah, yeah. You know, without, you know, flatlining or to false equivalents, uh, I think that, that John Paul II in laying out this uh, adequate anthropology is the word that he used. In other words, not settling for partial visions of what it means to be a man, a woman made in the image and likeness of God. When he held out that ideal of an adequate anthropology, he was talking about all of humanity. And I would say in a certain sense that it, it was addressing a certain toxicity in all of us, that there's a, there's a, there's a toxic element in our inability to live and to love in the way that God created us. And in that sense, the, the antidote is not uh, oh well in terms of an apathy that we are all toxics and don't do anything about it, but it's very much meant to move from uh, a hurt to a compassion. And I heard that in, in, in Lisa a little bit earlier that, uh, you know, what we're dealing with is the inability to give and receive in love and, and the ability to love to the level that John Paul is, is reminding us from the scriptures is one that at simultaneously is accepting people, loving people, accepting ourselves, having mercy on ourselves, and recognizing that we can't give more than we have, that we can't give from a scarcity, that we give from an abundance. So that's why the primary relationship is with God, to receive from God what we need to behold as a daughter, as a son of God the Father, and from that to be able to become what we are. So when we encounter in a very acute way, like the previous caller, someone that we deeply love, we have a responsibility for in particular in that relation, it's really this dance that requires the great gift of what you all do professionally to help us in that specific situation to balance the toxicity in ourselves and the toxicity in the others and to not live from a scarcity, but to receive from God what we need for ourselves so that we can love and be that gift from an abundance perspective. So. I think it's about toxicity in the human condition because of sin, and then continuing with the great mission of being a son or daughter of God the Father, so that we don't isolate, we don't reject, but at the same time, we don't try to give what we don't actually have. Really powerful insights, Damon. I want to thank you for that, because I think that, that you know seeing it through that lens enables us to see that our, our our obligation in these relationships is to invite that person to repent, to uh, in, in, to invite God's grace into the situation, to see if a relationship can be healed or what needs to be done to move that person or that relationship to a healthier and holier place. Thanks so much for being with us. Always a pleasure. And if folks would like to learn more about Damon and his good work, you can go to joyfuleverafter.org. That's joyfuleverafter.org. We're checking your calls about the toxic people and toxic relationships in your life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Back in a minute. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. The AP is now saying that news people cannot refer to pregnancy resource centers as pregnancy resource centers or crisis pregnancy centers. They have to refer to them as anti-abortion centers because we're misleading the public by saying that they're offering resources, apparently. It is about consistently putting forth a culture of death, do anything you want sexually, being extremely woke every time you turn around. This is more proof that all they care about is their own agenda. And they're doing this to their own demise. If you look at the ratings, for example, of CNN, if you look at the subscription rates, right, of various newspapers, whether it's online or still hard copy in, in print, continuing to decrease. And yet they do not care because it's about the agenda. 
Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. There's more to it than reciting the act of spiritual communion. We should begin by having sincere repentance for our sins and affirming our belief that Christ's death redeemed us. Next, we call to mind the spiritual gifts found in Christ's sacrifice and thank God earnestly for them. Now we are disposed to pray the traditional prayer of spiritual communion. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Hey men, did you know that you're called to lead couple prayer in your marriage? You might have the most amazing individual prayer life, but how is it possible to have a godly marriage if you and your wife don't submit yourselves to God in prayer on a daily basis? If you go off and pray by yourself and then tell your wife what you heard, how is that not setting yourself up as some kind of anointed oracle in your home? Yes, it's a good first step, but it's only the first step. Bring your bride to pray with you and ask God to teach you both how to love each other the way he wants you to love each other. Let her see you humbling yourself before God and she'll give you her heart in ways you never dreamed possible. To learn more, check out my book, The Bedatitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Toxic People, as we talk about those toxic relationships in our life, uh, you know, those people who tend to bring out the worst in us, even when we're trying to be our best, <laughs> and a whole lot more like we've been talking about through the whole program. If you are dealing with somebody that you feel might be a toxic person, or you are in a relationship that is bringing out the worst in you, even when you're trying to be your best, give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Emma, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Wisconsin. Hi, Emma. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Hi. Um, I just wanted to know if you can give some tips on, on the other end for the people that perhaps are the toxic ones um, so that we can recognize those things that we're doing wrong and maybe rectify them. Well, Emma, let me, let me ask you, because it sounds like you, you feel like maybe you're a toxic person. I, can you give me a sense of why you think about yourself that way? Um, I, I think like, well, first I, I've been told I'm, somebody told me I'm a bully <laughs> with my daughter and she's, um, it's a struggle to to get her to do things or to I, I struggle with that and so okay. it's a how old is your daughter it gets me mad uh, 10 she's 10 years old mm-hmm. and 
it's hard it's hard to discipline her or to like say something and then she doesn't listen or just the things you know like for example this morning i i was looking for her container her where i put her apple then for her lunch and i found the container in her backpack leaking into her chromebook and it's just it's I, I get so bent out of shape over those things. And then um, where my husband's like, so what? And I'm just kind of like, well, no, it's not right. <laughs> and, he's, and I've been told, like I said, that because I I get upset about these things and she says, like, I'm a bully sometimes. Uh, you know, Emma, it just sounds to me like, it's not so much you being a bully as you just have never been taught how to have the skills to help your daughter learn the skills that she doesn't have yet that are driving you crazy. And that with with just learning some new skills and dealing with some things in different ways, you wouldn't have to resort to just that kind of frustration. Well, and let me throw out one, and, and I agree with Lisa, absolutely, but I, but I want to throw out one other possibility here. When people react the way you're describing, they and I'm just curious if this is true for you. They often have this sort of sense that I'm unsafe when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell for you at all? Um, more like maybe I'm just unhappy. <laughs> Well, no, 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 because it's no, you're not just unhappy. Like you're you're reacting very strongly. Like there's a threat, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, the apple mm-hmm. carton leaked into the chrome, and and you had a it was almost a panic reaction. What you're describing, mm. you know, and I, I'd like you to really just sort of sit with that. That the idea that there there's something in your background that taught you that when things aren't in order, or when you're not in control, then you're not safe. And that lack of safety is piggybacking onto the things that your daughter is doing that, that would irritate any parent, right? But, but it, it, it ratchets it up about 10 notches for you. And so you're reacting to the situation or the behavior, not just as oh, that this is something I need to correct. It, you're reacting to it as if it's something where you don't feel safe and you need to get a handle on it now in order for you to feel safe again. And, and, I, and, and I want you to just sort of sit with that and think about that, because there's something that is piggybacking onto things that would be, you know, my, my, at least mildly irritating to anybody, but that are making them feel threatening to you. That if you, like, if I don't get a handle on this right now, everything's going to fall apart. It's all going to be terrible. As opposed to the idea of, darn it, you know, she didn't take care of this. Now we have to deal with the fact that it might have affected the Chromebook. What do I need to put into place so that I know that every day when she comes home from school, she's cleaning out her backpack and setting everything up, ready to go for the next day? That's solution-focused. Right now, as Greg is pointing out, your way of dealing with it is coming from a panic-focused kind of way that doesn't give you solutions on what to do and just makes everybody feel scared and ineffective. So so there are sort of two parts to the answer to your question, all right? And the first part um, involves, yes, learning better parenting strategies that can help you 
um, have a solution-focused mindset, and teach your daughter the skills that she's missing. Um, you know, good discipline, you know, isn't really about punishing. It's about teaching. We actually talk a lot about this at CatholicHOM.com uh, or on the Catholic Home app, Catholic HOM app, um, where we talk about something called discipleship discipline, which enables us to correct our children in a way that helps us feel effective, helps our kids improve their behavior, uh, but without getting into power struggles with our kids or feeling like we have to you know, react really strongly to what they're doing. It puts us in a relationship where we can teach and mentor our kids without all the emotional drama. And so I, I, if, if you want more of those kinds of skills, I'd really encourage you to become part of the Catholic HOM community. Uh, it stands for Households on Mission, by the way. Uh, and if you want to go to CatholicHOM.com, and you can subscribe there. You can download the Catholic HOM app. The first month's entirely free. You can try it without any risk at all and cancel any time if you like. But, but our whole team of pastoral counselors uh, is on there answering questions. We've got tons of resources helping parents really parent more effectively, uh, raise faithful kids and create a more loving, caring, and connected Catholic household. I, I think you'd get a lot out of it. I really do. Um, but, but the other part of this involves healing whatever that part of you is that feels threatened by the disorder or the the, the, sense, of the sense of being out of control. Yeah. You know? Uh, because that's what's going. That's what makes it hard to even use good advice uh, and and the things that you might read in a book or to get get from other people. Because what happens is when we panic, our logical brain shuts down and our emotional brain takes over. And in response to that, we only have three options: we can shut down and withdraw, we can tantrum, or we can just sort of run off at the mouth and just say a whole bunch of things, right, <laughs> in an attempt to kind of get the other person to to to, to agree with us. And none of those things are particularly effective. They're all ordered to either just getting us out of the situation or overpowering the other person. And that's that's what's happening. You're going into that sort of lizard brain, if you will, that just has those three reactions that just make situations worse. So we have to figure out how to help you calm that down so that you can use good advice and support. And so that that might involve getting a little bit of professional help to to heal those wounds from your own childhood that cause you to feel unsafe when things don't go according to plan. So I'd like you to think about those two things. I, I, and I really do believe that, that the Catholic home community could be a real support to you in these kind of day-to-day -day parenting situations. And so if you'd like to learn more, you can go to CatholicHOM.com or download the Catholic HOM app. Um, but in addition to that, I do think it's going to be important for you to, to really look, at least look and pray through that part, uh, the, 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 that part of you that is, feels panicked by something being not going according to plan or being out of order, and perhaps seeking some professional help for that as well. Well, and I want to give you some encouragement here, Emma, because if you were a truly toxic person, which is what you called in saying you're afraid you are because of what your daughter said. You wouldn't have called. You wouldn't have called, <laughs> because what I'm seeing here is that you are receptive to the Holy Spirit through the gift of humility. You know, she said that, it shook you, it made you wonder, you accepted that the Holy Spirit might be prompting you to change some things, you happened to accept the invitation that he gave you through this show to call. If you were truly toxic, you would be stubborn, you'd be setting yourself up as a deity in your home. No, I was absolutely right. How dare she have not, you know, cleaned out her backpack. So the Holy Spirit's working beautifully in your heart and mind and spirit, Emma. Go with it. Go with what you've heard here and take it to prayer 
and ask God to continue to guide you to heal yourself and any wounds you have from childhood and heal your relationship with your daughter and your husband and your family life. Because as Damon was talking about in his segment, we we all, because of sin, have some toxicity in us. It's just a question of how much we feed that and let it define who we become. And it's not necessarily our sin. Sometimes it's the sin of our parents or parents eight generations back and how they passed it all down. And and it's just what we've experienced, but... It can stop with us. It's It can stop with us. I love that, Greg. But it's also just the effects of sin that we can then reject and accept the grace of God to heal it. And as, you, as Greg said, make it stop with us. So I want to I thank you for your courage in calling in today. I want to thank you for your humility and being willing to hear what your husband Beautiful. and your daughter are saying to you. And I want to offer those two resources for you again. So that's CatholicHOM.com or download the Catholic HOM app. Um, and if you'd like to learn, get more personal, faithful support in healing these hurts uh, and getting better control over your own reactions, I encourage you to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice so that we can help you develop faithful ways to heal these hurts and have healthier and holier responses for these parenting situations. Thanks for the call, Emma. God bless you. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Today's show is titled Toxic People. As we talk about dealing with those toxic people and relationships in our life, how do you deal with toxic people gracefully? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. And as we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day which comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, and I chose this verse because um, it's, it's helpful to remember, right, that even when we're dealing with a toxic person, we're called to love them, right? But, but loving them doesn't always just mean, well, putting up with somebody. Uh, loving somebody means working for their good. And in some cases, that might mean, as the spiritual work of mercy puts it, bearing wrongs patiently. But in other, word, in other times, it might mean, as another spiritual work of mercy calls us to, admonish the sinner, uh, which includes setting boundaries, which includes saying, hey, I love you, but what you're doing is hurtful, or hey, I love you, but what you're doing is beneath you, um, and we need to repent. So loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us. If we have a toxic person in our life, we're not, asking, we're not suggesting that you write them off. We're not suggesting that you condemn them in any way. We're saying that it's important to love them by setting the boundaries, putting up the limits, saying the things that need to be said that, that invite them to be a better person. And if they won't, then it's also okay to withdraw to some degree or entirely from that relationship while you continue to pray for their conversion and their repentance and for healing for them and for your relationship. And as long as we're doing that, we're doing what God's asking us to do, even in difficult, toxic, impossible situations. 877 7825. More to Life will continue with your questions about the toxic people and relationships in your life when we come back. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org a rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. While Mary's not mentioned as often as Moses, not mentioned as often as Peter or Paul, 
And her role in scripture is even more significant. She's absolutely unique. There are many prophets, there are many apostles, but there's only one God-bearer. There are a lot of people who proclaim the Word of God. There's only one woman who bore the Word of God, quite literally, within her. She's utterly unique in that she literally transmits the Word of God to the world. So when the Word of God wanted to take on human flesh, whose human flesh did he choose? It was Mary's. She donated out of her own life substance the flesh of Jesus. The body prepared for Christ is taken from the Blessed Mother. Nobody else in salvation history occupies such a role. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled Toxic People, as we talk about finding graceful ways to deal with the toxic people and relationships in our life. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Jody, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Colorado. Hi, Jody. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi, thank you. Um, I'm calling because I've been married for 26 years, and we have two teenage children, and our marriage is um, very unhealthy right now. I would say that it's toxic. And about two months ago, my husband um, said to me that he is pretty much done with the marriage, but doesn't want to deal with anything until after the holidays. And so um, I asked him if we can do therapy, and he sometimes says yes, and then sometimes he says there's no point, but he wants to still have us live in the same house together. And I'm committed to the marriage. I really want to go to counseling and try and, um, you know, heal everything. But I'm not sure how to handle or if I should even be setting boundaries in these in this last month or so. Or if so, talk to me about um, talk, when you say it's toxic and like, it has been for a while. Can you define that a little bit more? Like, what, what? Give me some examples of, of some of the things that you feel might be toxic in the relationship. I, I'll, I'll respond to the, the the specific question you're asking, but I, first, I just want to understand a little bit more about the dynamics in the in the marriage. Um, well, it, um, emotionally abusive, I would say. Um, from a faith perspective, he's he's verbally hostile about about religion and um, you know role rolls his eyes and makes comments about going to mass and and um objects to having anything that has to do with religion in the house and 
and um, and he'll do that in front of the kids. Um, he'll he'll listen okay. to really um, aggressive and what I would call toxic um, music, like rap music with really offensive lyrics, and he'll have that blasting in the house in front of the kids and um, just you name it. <laughs> Okay. All right. So what you're describing is is somebody who really, um, you know, is is a little narcissistic, um, and also um, I would say this this is a good example of a, of a of a failure of respect on his part in the relationship. Not, you know, and when I say that, you know, the reason I'm saying that is because when when you have respect in a relationship. Um, even you know you, people are allowed to think different things or, or like different things or have or be in different spiritual places that's all fine but but when you have respect in the relationship the person you know both couples try to understand the truth and the goodness and the beauty and the things that their mate finds true good and beautiful so for example you know in, in, a, in a religious situation where you have people who are unequally yoked but there's basic respect that less spiritually um, aware person is going to at least try to see what's good in their spouse's religious devotions. They'll participate as much as they can. They'll support it as, uh, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go out of the way to try to support it, even even though it's a little uncomfortable for them. Um, and so that's why I'm saying, you know, this isn't just religious differences, this is a respect issue, and I think it probably translates to uh, lots of other situations where you guys disagree on things. I mean, for example, the music, or, you know, e even there, you know, you, you could you could say, look, I, I, I don't like that music, I think, but, but you know, would you be willing to listen to it on your own instead of around the kids? Or, you know, the, when, when you have a situation where there's basic respect, you can work through all these things. Um, the reason I asked to, for you to tell me a little bit more about the dynamic in the relationship was because I wanted to understand if that was the problem. Because if that's the problem, he isn't going to willingly go to counseling with you um, because he's figured out a way to just get whatever he wants. I mean, the relationship works for him. I mean, even though he says he's done with it, he's saying that he's done with it as a way of manipulating you into giving him whatever he wants. Including that he said, oh, I'm done with it, but I, we're going to live in the same house. Like, he really wants just everything his way. And nothing for you to show you respect, to show you kindness, to work for the good of your family or your children. So, um, yes, uh, to answer your question, um, you should be setting boundaries. Um, but I also would suggest that you want to start working with a professional who can help you find graceful ways to uh, address the problems in your marriage, even if he won't go. There is such a thing as uh, one-person marriage counseling. Um, it's based on what's called systems theory, and the idea in systems theory is that even when you're one person in a system, you can change your behavior in a way that, uh, if not forces, then at least influences everybody else's behavior, right? You know, so so a good counselor who is trained in systems theory can teach you how to make changes in your own responses to your husband that really sort of force the issue. Uh, and make it more difficult, if not impossible, for him to continue in these uh, destructive, offensive, hurtful behaviors, which will then in turn um, ideally call him to the table, too. Because like, when, when, when somebody who is like your husband sees that things are changing, they want to be part of the change. But if they can avoid the change, they'll do whatever they can to avoid it and, and keep manipulating the situation. Because, again, the marriage works for him, even if he says he's done with it. So I would say, yes, absolutely, you need to be setting boundaries, but, but don't wait for him to get help. 
Uh, I would encourage you to find a good marriage-friendly counselor, not just any counselor, okay? There are lots of counselors who do individual therapy who say they also work with couples, but they're not trained in it, and they have about a 30% success rate, whereas somebody who is trained in marriage-friendly therapy and systems theory, they have over a 90% success rate. So you want to find somebody who is actually trained in marriage counseling, uh, in the particular kind of counseling I was talking about here, uh, who can support you with faithful ways to respond to all of this. Um, and if you want to find somebody locally, that's terrific. You can go to marriagefriendlytherapists.com. If you'd like a, a, a faithful approach to this, then you can work with our pastoral telecounseling practice um, and work with one of our Catholic counselors to discover ways to transform this, beginning with you doing the work. But he's not going to want to be a partner in fixing this. That's not to say that it can't be fixed. It's to say that, that as far as he's concerned, um, the marriage works for him because, you know, all he has to do is stomp around and do what he wants to do and everybody else just has to accommodate. He's learned how to get what he wants and you all have to just deal with it. And because of that, he's not going to want to threaten that. So if you go and you start making some changes in your own behavior that start addressing this and setting boundaries with it, that's going to get his attention. Then he, then he might be more willing to join you and be a partner in, in figuring out what's coming next. Um, but as long as there's a chance that he can keep things the way they are, he's going to keep doing what he's always done. And Jody, I want to applaud you for calling in because you have been in a situation of just being immersed in a life of being disrespected and degraded for 26 years. And the fact that after 26 years, you can stand up and say, how do I fix this? This isn't okay. Now, yeah, it took the wake-up call of him saying he wants a divorce, but you're doing it. So in, in counseling that Greg is talking about, I really also want you to be working with that counselor to say, how do I learn to respect myself even more? Because when you really respect yourself, when you begin healing yourself, that's when he's really going to see, oh, wait a minute, I didn't have the power to destroy her or tear her down that I thought I had. And, and you will feel right with God and in yourself. Jody, thank you so much for the call. We do a lot of work with relationships like this um, and successful work, in fact. And there are certainly no guarantees, um, but I can say that we do a lot of good work with these situations and have seen a lot of healing come in these situations. So if you'd like to learn more about what we do, uh, and you're looking for faithful ways to respond to this, then I'd encourage you to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com to learn more about uh, the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice. If you'd like to seek local support, then you might try uh, marriagefriendlytherapists.com as an alternative as well. But there is help. And Jody, I want to thank you so much for the call. Um, if you'd like to kind of flesh this out a little bit more, we do talk more about many of these things in my book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, uh, which provides eight research-based habits that healthy couples practice that many couples can learn. Uh, and we talk a little bit about in that, in that book um, what you can do if you're the only one working on the relationship. So that's why I'm suggesting it. It's, again, it's How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. Jody, thank you so much for the call. We've added you to our More to Life prayer list. And if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. And that goes for you listeners as well. If you are looking for faithful ways to respond to those toxic people and toxic relationships in your life, or if, as Emma was saying earlier in the show, if you feel like you're the toxic person and you're looking for healing, we're here for you. Learn more at CatholicCounselors.com and work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed day. and Get out there and celebrate the life God has for you because with His grace, there really is so much more to life. 
You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.